huddle up. It's time to bring in the Santa Lucia free agency panel. Christian O'Mel is my name. We go around the room. Russ Hobson, Global Sports. Greg Mackling over there with the nice coat on. Thank you. Close to the start. And uh, Bob, is it? Yeah. Bob, Welcome. Bob Irving. <laughs> Welcome to the team. How are you, Christian? Good, Thank you. Good, Thank Bob. You. Nice to be here. So, free agency. <laughs> yeah. It's underway. Here we go. That. We're on. So, everything that has kind of been loosely or things are going to happen at this time. Now we can officially report things and what we know uh, Bob is so far. Both the Bombers, what are their plans? Well, here I know they're anxiously waiting by the phone for uh, some of the things. They they solved one of their issues last night. Brandon Alexander signed a two-year deal defensive back who they felt it was critical to get back, especially with uh, some of the players uh, they've lost there. Uh, I've been told by fairly reliable sources that Javan Santos Knox, Suk Chung, Taylor Loeffler are all going elsewhere. Uh, I don't know. Suk Chung, I'm told, is going to BC. It sounds like the BC Lions are going to sign everybody. <laughs> um, and then as far as Nick Dembski is concerned and Weston Dressler and Kevin Fogg, Drake Nevis, Tristan Opala-Ugo, uh, those are all kind of up in the air. The Bombers' priority was to re-sign Alexander and Santos Knox with Suk Chung close in that group. And then, then the field is wide open and we'll see what dominoes fall. But uh, they'll be... I know they'd like to get a receiver. Greg Ellingson and Darrell Walker are the two best, in my view, out there. But there's going to be some heavy bidding for those guys. Um, Willie Jefferson's an impact player, and I know the Bombers have an interest in him, but so do about six other teams. So this is fascinating. It really is. Free agency is always interesting, but there's never been a scenario like this in the CFL where there's so many players and uncertainty because we don't know what the salary cap is going to be. But it looks to me like the BC Lions have said, to heck with the salary cap. We're just going to sign everybody and pay the fines, whatever they are. That's the thing people have to keep in mind about the salary cap. You can go over it if you're prepared to pay the financial fines and if you go far enough over losing draft picks. So it's there as a, as a guideline and there's penalties, but you can go over if you want. Just letting everyone know we are now live on CJOB as well. Bob Irving, Greg Mackling, Russ Hobson, his free agency is now officially underway. Christian O'Mel here as well, just talking about what the Bombers could have on the plate. Mike Riley seems clear he's heading to BC, Russ, and uh, will that just set everything else in motion, having the biggest, I guess, duck out of the air? Well, that was the kind of thing, waiting for the dominoes to fall. As soon as that first quarterback to signs, and I think you'll see Bully and Mitchell and Trevor Harris. They'll know what the market is. They'll know what uh, teams are available. It's going to be a game of musical chairs, and we've never seen anything like this in the CFL before where there's almost 200 players up for grabs. That's almost half the league, so uh, it's going to be a fun day. BC obviously believes Mike Riley is the player to help them rebuild their situation. And Bob, it it feels to me as though this is an attempt by the BC Lions, not only to move on from the Wally Buono era, but also to regain some relevancy in the Vancouver market. The Vancouver Whitecaps have done a really good job in becoming the second team in that market after the Canucks. BC Lions seem to be intent on on reclaiming that number two spot in the sport fan uh, heart. In British Columbia. Well, Ed Hervey, the general manager, is on a mission out in BC for sure. And exactly what you said, Greg. Uh, Jonathan Jennings, of course, had a very disappointing year last year. He has not worked out the way BC thought he would when he had the great season in 2016. And Hervey had a previous relationship with Mike Riley, brought him to Edmonton when Hervey was the GM in Edmonton. We've heard all the stories about Riley lives in Seattle, so it's a three- or four-hour drive from Vancouver. So it's a perfect fit. They're going to pay him $700,000. 
which I think is great to see in this league, that the players are getting that kind of money. But uh, a lot of people kind of arch their eyebrows about that. So how does he make that work in the cap? Because they just re-signed Brian Burnham, I'm told, for over 200000 wow. a year. They're going to try to sign Micah Johnson from Calgary. They're after Suk Chung. Those guys are going to be in the 200 range. So I don't know how he's going to make it work. He'll, he'll explain that as he, get, as he goes along. But it looks like the, the Lions, Greg, as you said, Deron Carter, we understand, has an agreement to sign in B.C. So the Lions are uh, out Loading to, up. Yeah, the Lions are out to shake things up for sure. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, we're waiting for word on whether or not he's actually re-signed in Calgary or whether, and we hear Toronto and Saskatchewan are both going to say, hey, Bo, before you sign, listen to what we have to say. You might be interested. So there's a lot of still a lot of things, Christian, we're waiting for and lots of uh, lots of suspense around this whole thing. <laughs> we're waiting to see where the shoe drops here if, these moves start to have a domino effect where they start piling up after a certain point, but a lot still to talk about. You can tune in on Facebook Live, Global Winnipeg, CGOB. We'll be here two, till 2 o'clock, cutting in on CGOB as the news warrants. Now we'll toss it back to Jeff Courier. Thanks very much, Christian, and we're going to take you. All right. Now, for exclusive to our internet listeners, <laughs> yes, I just saw this from Jeff Hamilton. Not looking good for Bombers and receiver Greg Ellingson. Hearing a deal is just around the corner with Edmonton, but teams are making a last-ditch effort to get him. So if that happens, then I guess Darrell Walker becomes priority one. Greg? He does, but he, he wants 275. Uh, I think that's too rich for the Bombers. Bombers aren't going to pay him. Now, I don't think anybody's going to pay him that, uh, but he'll Montreal? get real good money. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. He, he's a difference maker. I don't understand what the what would entice him other than the almighty money. dollar <laughs> and the Benjamins or or whatever the equivalents the are. Answered all your questions is money. Get, okay, well then uh, <laughs> th- th- this this is going to be a really short conversation. <laughs> I just don't know why a guy who's been so productive in Ottawa, such an integral part of their offense and their balanced offense in Ottawa, wants to go up to Edwin Edmonton when he doesn't even have really know unless maybe they've told him maybe he who's going to be throwing, yes, throwing him the ball. Yeah, and yeah. well, and then doesn't that make that very interesting, right? Yeah, I, well, I think Ellingson will only go to Edmonton if With Trevor Harris. Harris is going to Edmonton. Well, so maybe we've got a little bit, maybe that's a little bit of a clue yep. in terms of what might be happening. Well, that's something that a lot of people assumed already, right? Yeah, it was something I'd heard yesterday. And it seems, that, well, they also said Darrell Walker would go where Riley would go, too. So it seems this year there's a couple of receivers who, who, who like the guy who's throwing the ball and they want to keep, keep it going. So what does Ottawa do if Trevor Harris leaves? What are they going to do? Kevin Glenn, I don't know. See That's, what Drew Tate's uh, up to? Dominic yeah. Davis? Boy, boy, well, oh boy. Davis, they've already re-signed Dom Davis, but they don't see him, I don't think, as a frontline guy. But I think I said earlier, one or two of these teams is going to lose out here on a, a top-notch quarterback, and they're going to have to go with a second-level guy or hope to uh, develop a, a young player. Uh, Kevin Glenn, I wouldn't rule out winding up somewhere as, who knows, maybe the starter. Uh, you can't beat, uh, you know, a guy who's a proven commodity. I know he'll be 40 years old next year, but that hasn't seemed to bother Kevin age-wise two years ago when he threw for 4,000 yards. Calaris, that Calaris is still an option for somebody who wants to take a chance and mm-hmm. roll the dice. Brandon Bridge, we haven't talked about him. Uh, the Riders are not going to make any effort, I understand, to re-sign him. And I don't know if he wouldn't be a guy I'd take, but he's... You know, he's been around, he's played, he, he's won some games. So, yeah, I, man, if I, uh, 
if I was Ottawa and was going to lose Trevor Harris, I don't know where I'd turn. I think that we're finding out just based on this last three minutes, why Bo Levi Mitchell, why Mike Riley are getting close to three quarters of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. Because A, we've already established that the quarterback's the most important position on any football team, let alone a Canadian football team. And the fact that there just aren't that many options in terms of grade A quarterbacks. And so here we stand in a situation where a third of the Canadian Football League may be starting their training camp in about 90 days without a proven, quote-unquote, proven or winning CFL quarterback. That's almost shocking. When the music stops, there's going to be a team without a quarterback. (laughs) But it's funny because Zach Kolaris was so highly coveted last year, and his name is not even around. It's going to depend on what the the writers do, I guess. Well, he was coveted four years ago, or five years ago, when Henry Burris and, and he were the two top names, and the Bombers went after both of them, apparently, and, and ended up with... With uh, with with Matt Nichols, essentially. Just monitoring our Facebook uh, comments on our stream here. We've got uh, someone watching from Brazil, which is mighty impressive. Hello, Brazil. We have hey. someone who thinks that Western Dressler should be the receivers coach for the Blue Bombers. Hmm. Uh, someone who said your league has eight teams. How boring! To which someone corrected nine. You almost counted right ten of coming. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people jumping on that. Uh, so. What do we look at here now? So here's here's a quote from Brandon Alexander, okay. who the Bombers uh, announced this morning. We uh, broke the story last night that he had re-signed with Winnipeg. He says, "Why do you go to free agency when you like where you're at?" Well, I mean that it's great to hear that, right? Yeah. But there's <laughs> there's a lot of players. Hello, Javon Santos Knox going to free agency, even though they like where they're at. We've they're heard that go- from Big Hill too. A lot of the players yep. that have re-signed here early, and the Bombers had more people re-signing early than anybody else, was how much they like being here, yeah. how much they enjoy this locker room, they like the coaching staff, they know that they're close, and they genuinely, there's a chemistry that they do, don't really want to leave behind. And for Adam Bickle's sake, I'm sure the Bombers ponied up cash, because that's yeah. always a part of the conversation. But do we normally hear this? In free well, I think, all these players saying, I think hey, that's all true. It, it's all true. It's the same in Calgary, uh, where they've got a great locker room and the players love being there. But it always comes down to the almighty dollar. Not always, but often comes down to the almighty dollar. And if somebody offers you, as I said earlier, $50,000 more uh, than another team, it's hard. I, I guess it's hard to say no. If it's ten or fifteen thousand dollars, that's one thing. And you got to take into consideration cost of living. Yeah. The cost of living in Toronto and Vancouver is way more than it is here in Saskatchewan or Edmonton or Calgary. That's just, what Kyle Walter should be telling <laughs> telling these free agents. Well, too. I think I think they talk in those terms. Uh, but again, these guys, you know, live here for five months and then go. They, we're talking about the Americans now. And then they go home and have to convert the money. So. You know, if you get an extra 50 grand Canadian, that's 40 American, not quite 37 or so. I just went to Minneapolis, the exchange rate sucks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Don't use your visa for everything, folks. Um, Seeing from Dave Campbell, Chad, uh, Edmonton are in on Trevor Harris and Greg Ellingson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also that the Eskimos have reportedly signed linebacker Larry Dean. Oh, from Hamilton. Well, that's... uh, Replace JT Sherritt. And he apparently turned down something like 175 from Hamilton. Well, they brought they re-signed Simone Lawrence and Delvin Bro yesterday. Two guys, great players on their defense. Yeah. So we saw a lot of you know Kenny Stafford re-signing with Edmonton last night. 
players getting those last-minute deals in, and then Brendan Alexander, I guess you could count that for the Bombers. This is the the waiting game now. We see some of the pieces starting to fall, but uh, the big ones, the big fish, I guess, are still out there, though the overriding opinions with these quarterbacks is pretty clear, except for Mitchell's getting murkier. <laughs> Here's a great uh, tweet from Kwaku Boateng, a defensive lineman for Edmonton. He says, I need to learn to play quarterback. <laughs> He's talking about the money they're, no kidding. they're all getting. Huddle up. It's time to bring in the Santa Lucia free agency panel. Here's Christian Amell. Something that we had been hearing about is now official Mike Riley to the BC Lions. A four-year deal for Mike Riley, and it is an expensive one. $2.9 million for four years, Russ Hobson. That's 13% of their salary cap. If you want to compare that to hockey, Connor McDavid is 16%. And they only have a 23-man roster. Where in football, you got a 46-man roster. So... We're going to see how this works. Obviously, the, the CBA is up and the, the salary cap could be going up, but I don't think anyone thinks it's going to be going up enough to, to cover all that. Everybody's watching how much uh, pizza Mike Riley's <laughs> getting as a percentage of the entire wheel, and it's a big chunk. Here's yep. a quote from Riley. It's an amazing feeling for me, my wife, and our extended families to know I'm back with the Lions. Remember, he started his career with the BC Lions, backing up Travis Lule. There's another quarterback we haven't talked about. Uh, Lule is a free agent, and I think everybody believes he will stay with the Lions and sign and be Mike Riley's backup. Now, Ed Hervey, the GM of the Lions, said this is a historic day for our organization and for fans of the BC Lions, acquiring one of the elite quarterbacks is an extremely rare opportunity. All right, we'll continue this conversation on Facebook Live and as well more on CGOB after 12 o'clock. Saskatchewan, Sir Vincent Rogers to Edmonton, and we're still waiting to see what the Bombers do. Haven't done anything yet, Russ. Yeah, we all assumed they'd go after a receiver and a defensive back, and maybe these receivers were kind of waiting uh, for, to see where the Rileys and, and Bo Levi Mitchells land to see if those team, the teams that lose out on those quarterbacks will offer them more money. So the now, dominoes the, are starting to fall anyway. The Bombers are after Greg Ellingson, but I'm told he will go where Trevor Harris goes. And if Trevor Harris goes to Edmonton, that's where Ellingson will go. But they're they're interested in Ellingson. They're interested in Willie Jefferson. Jefferson does not have an agent. Uh, he negotiates. Does it himself. It, he does it himself. Oh, that's ill-advised. Uh, and we're, <laughs> oh, that's Doug Brown's voice, by the way. Doug yeah. has joined us here. <laughs> where he stands right now, uh, according to my sources, nobody's quite sure. <laughs> so the, I'm sure the Bombers... Uh, Kyle Walters over there is kind of on pins and needles, as all GMs are, waiting for the phone to ring, waiting to hear back, uh, whether their offers are going to be accepted, whether they need to up them a little bit, all that sort of thing. Looking back the last few years, though, the Bombers have made big splashes, yep. right? On these days, they've been day one people making... But was their big splash not Adam Big Hill yeah. a month ago? It was, but that was well, not on free agency day. No. We're talking about last year know, on free agency. But, but or, I mean, or the year before. Or the you year know? before. They, they've made a ton of moves that uh, they yeah. were always grading out at the top, I think, in terms of acquisitions on this day. So I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't heard anything jump off the page with them yet. Any, uh, any big announcements? Seeing that there's a bidding war, apparently, for defensive tackle Micah Johnson. Yeah. More than three teams involved in that. Uh, still nothing on... Willie Jefferson, other than it looks like he probably won't be going back to Saskatchewan. So now it's the waiting game, really, to see if the Bombers are are making the phone calls to see if Darrell Walker, maybe, if we've talked about maybe they don't have the money for that, but a lot of other good receivers are out there, Doug. And I think, too, with, uh, you know, the prospects of losing Suk Chung and what already happened uh, with, with their center and, and Matthias retiring, 
Um, I think the philosophy for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, on the offensive line, I think the way you have to play that is you got to draft and develop, right? They already yeah. have Jeff Gray from the University yeah. of Manitoba yeah. that's there. They can step into a role couture. and couture. But I think the way to uh, get away from spending all your money on your Canadians, your offensive linemen, is you continue to do what Kyle Walters has done these past few years in terms of, hey, you draft these guys early, you get good prospects, and, and that's when you get your offensive linemen cheaper, right? Uh, some of them you're going to end up overpaying down the road, but we're already seeing this turnover now, this attrition of guys that have matured and developed and outlived their contracts or entry-level contracts. They want big money. Hey, it's time you got to turn that over now and and go back and, and rely on your, your picks and your, your draft status to fill that area. I think that's got to definitely the strategy for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when it comes to how they plan on spending their money. They're not going to overpay guys that they are they already had. They're going to let them go elsewhere because they feel like they have a good feeder system in the draft in, er, in order to uh, identify who they want to well, play there. And they do have two first-round picks in this year's draft. Yes, so they, they could, do. They could get an offensive lineman sure. right there to, to be your sixth or, or develop. At, at probably a third the cost of what it would have cost, yeah. you know, to uh I remember Kyle Walter retain. saying to me at one point last year, he said, you know, w- there's no point drafting these guys and develop, developing them unless we're going to play them. Right, so here's the two guys you're talking about, Couture and, and Jeff Gray. Uh, it's a little easier to let Suk Chung go. As much as they like Suk Chung and he brings a nasty to that old line, you do have some pretty good-looking prospects behind it. Conversation continues on Facebook Live, Global Winnipeg and CGOB. We'll toss it back to Jeff Courier now. Well, and here's the other thing about Bo. This is a guy who's not short on confidence no. and swagger and all the rest of it. You think he just thinks he can stroll into any lo- locale well, and just yeah, change yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, maybe the Argos have said to him, hey, Bo, you can turn things around here. We, we know you can make a difference here, and we got some things off the field that are, we can make pretty attractive to you. Why don't you take this challenge on? Why didn't you take this challenge on? Yeah, you could spend the rest of your life in Calgary. Why don't you come to the big smoke and show us what you got? <laughs> and, well, besides, and we'll give you lots of money, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I, again, I think he'd, it'd be a surprise if he leaves Calgary, but who knows? But as time goes by, right, more yeah. doubt creeps in, I think, in yep. that uh, scenario. Cameron, by the way, thanks for hey. doing all those hits for me on yeah, uh, the Sunday show. No really problem, man. Nice to see you, bro. Yeah. Enjoy the pizza. I will. <laughs> it's good stuff. All I know is the Bombers are sitting back watching this quarterback carousel and just thanking their lucky stars they have nothing to do with this. Look at the landscape change. Matt Nichols, yeah. 400 grand is a bargain now. All the money's in the West right now, right? Everyone, All the signings we've talked about today yeah. have all been in the West. Well, Montreal has done nothing of great significance. In how many years? Uh, and neither have the Argos, by the way. The Argos have been very quiet. And, and how does Saskatchewan come out of today without a quarterback? Well, does anyone believe that's not going to happen? Jonathan Jennings is the guy they will target if they can't get Bo Levi or Trevor Harris. But Jennings is the guy. And the other thing, Doug, is Edmonton, if they don't get Harris, will go after Jennings. So Jonathan Jennings, who's kind of bottomed out in terms of his career, Mm -hmm. uh, could be (laughs) involved in a bidding war and could wind up getting more money. And then I'll throw this name out again, Zach Kolaris. He's going to wind up with somebody. Somebody's going to sign him and take a chance on him and see if he can. But for not nearly as much money. No, I wouldn't think he'd get the four thirty he made. I mean, incentive, incentive-driven. Contract. Yeah, if yeah. you get Zach Claris, you better get Kevin Glenn because you're going to need yeah. somebody else <laughs> to play right away yeah. at any given moment's notice. But you know, Doug, if you don't have one of the top three or four or five, you could do worse than to have those two guys. Yeah, to, to give you a chance It'd to make win. you competitive, right? Yeah, you can compete right. with those guys. That's for yeah. sure. 
I don't know. I don't know what your long-term prospects are, but I don't short-term, you're uh, yeah. you're survivable. Or maybe you go some young guy. Maybe you're Ottawa and say, "Hey, we got a young guy straight out of college. We think he's going to be great." Uh, we saw a quarterback here straight out of college last year. Started the first game of the year and didn't look out of place, did he? Um, Mr. Streveler. Well, that's a question someone had on our Facebook stream here. Mm-hmm. To Doug, do you what kind of playing time do you see for Streveler for 2019? More, or less, the same? What's his role? I think you know a lot of it rests on his shoulders in terms of what kind of developments, what kind of changes, what kind of improvement uh, did he make himself over over the off season? You know, quarterback is such a cerebral position. Uh, it's not just you know. Streveler and I couldn't just go to the gym and, and work out and he's going to be fantastic next year, right? He has so much more to do in terms of identifying and and just uh, accepting and understanding the, the scheme and the playbook he's in and just making, having that ability to be, you know, a pocket passer as well as so many times, I think the word Bob and I used last year with Streveler, he get triggered in the pocket and by triggered meaning he was willing to survey and go through his progression, but as soon as one of his triggers, uh, a pressure, uh, perceived heat, somebody, you know, a free rusher, or his his initial read wasn't there, he was gone. He was literally just waiting for the slightest provocation, I think, to take off. And uh, so, I really think his development will come in the in, in the sense of. Him just being more aware and processing. I think it comes down for quarterback. So much of what you're doing in the pocket is just processing information and making the right decision. And I think, you know, that is something that, that Streveler needs to work on the most. If he wants to take that, he looks like a very good, promising guy. Yeah. He wants to go to that next level. That's processing is going to be his, uh, his mountain to climb. So that's just, that's just experience, right? Sure. That's his yeah. game has to mature. He yeah. just has to play. That's, yeah. not, that's not something you get better in the offseason. Well, film you, study, right? Yeah, Identify. Yeah. It, honestly, you can get better just by recognition. You watch enough film, you understand coverage is better. You understand where you should be going with this football. There's so many different looks that defense can can throw at you. The quicker you can identify. I mean, with quarter, I'm not saying, you know, as a, as a defensive lineman, I could have got incrementally better in the offseason by watching film but I think as a, as a quarterback you can for sure just because you're understanding what's happening around you right? well, and he is new to the CFL too right yeah. so he, he hadn't seen any of these defenses before no, the packages he ran last year though for the Bombers he was a glorified running back that's what he was. Wildcat, yeah. Yeah, and he can't play. You can't play quarterback that way and survive, like take as many hits as he took on those plays. But in the role he played, it was perfect because he made big yardage and he'd lower his shoulder and, like a running back. And then once in a while would throw the ball when no one's expecting Yeah, him. that's right. But you've got to, if he's going to be a quarterback, he's got to play quarterback. And that means you can't be running all the time. The run is a great threat to have, but you can't be doing it all the time. So his development... Um, and I, I think he's a smart guy, Doug, and he's, he's, he seems like he has everything going for him in terms of doing the kinds of things you're talking about him doing. Here's a great tweet from Drew Edwards in Hamilton. He says, the West Division was 28-12 and 12 against the East last year, and now they've added Trevor Harris, Larry Dean, Greg Ellingson, Don Yanamba, Sir Vincent Rogers, William Powell, all from the East. <laughs> what does that tell you? Where the strength lies in the CFL. So the West is just going to beat up on all the East teams and then eat itself. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Every, well, everyone's yeah. going to beat everybody in the West, and then all of a sudden, maybe okay. yeah. right. So if you're going to finish twelve top, and six, you, gets you the one seed. I don't you're, know, right? But you're, if you if you're going to finish first or second in the West, you you pretty much have to sweep your Eastern opponents. I know the the Bombers said at the end of last year, the way for them to get to the Grey Cup 
is to finish first. That's what you have yeah. to do. That's their their goal in 19. Well, every year your goal yeah. is to finish first. Right. But yeah. if they're going to get to the Grey Cup, they need that one home game to win to get to the Cup. It's so hard to go on the road and win two games to get to the Grey Cup. Um, so, you know, I mean, finishing first is what it's all about. And it's going to be a huge challenge. We knew it was going to be, yeah. as it was last year and the year before that, and it will be next year and the year after that in the West because the West is... Just the way it is. I think you have to say, Bob, and I just want to make sure you agree with me on this, but I think you have to say that the West has gotten better because BC gets so much stronger with what they've yep. done, and Edmonton doesn't get worse, for sure, with what they've done. They were already the yep. team out of the playoffs, but I think they look better Yeah, no, you're overall. Right. Yep. So now you've yep. got, and, and we don't know what Saskatchewan's going to do here, and, and obviously no, we don't know what's going on that, with Calgary. That was, a, that was a team that was, by the end of the year, that was a pretty good football team without a no a very convincing quarterback. They just yeah. didn't have an off. They didn't have offense. But like, if they lose, they've lost Sam McGuavin, one of their best linebackers. Right. If they lose Willie Jefferson, and yeah, don't hurts. and don't land Bo Levi, boy, they got a lot of questions. Yeah. Where does it go from here, Bob? With all these incredibly high signings, you're already talking about teams going over the salary cap and not worrying about it and just spending the the draft picks. But it, is the league going to be able to? Just continue on where teams are saying we're going to spend seven hundred thousand on the quarterback because then already they spent seven hundred thousand on Riley. Now already we're saying maybe Bo, Bo Levi has to get more this year than the next big signing next year, etc. Where is it going to go? Like, would they ever actually be having to consider a salary cap for quarterbacks? Would they have to yeah. to maybe increase their cap a little bit? Just you know. Maybe cap it for quarterbacks too. Like it's a it's it's a bit of a conundrum for them, isn't it? Yeah, sure it is. And I guess with the way I've explained it is, if the salary cap goes up two hundred thousand dollars, there's the extra money you're paying Mike Riley right there, the two hundred thousand. But it doesn't explain giving a lot of these other players two hundred thousand dollars unless the cap goes up by four or five hundred thousand uh, dollars. I can't see that, but uh, who knows, right? Well, there's a negotiation that will yeah. happen to make that. But clearly teams are saying, look, we need to be competitive. We need to spend what's re- required to get some of these key players, and we're going to do it. And then we'll see how everything plays out down the road. Oh, but, so how much of this is impacted then by two new leagues in the United States, two, two new spring leagues? Well, the XFL is uh, still further down the, tr- right. down the track, but the, American, the Alliance of American Football, the AF, yeah. is all underway. And they got a you know a couple million eyeballs last okay. weekend. So are there are there some players playing in that league who would might normally wind up here? There's players playing in that league that would do well in the CFL. Who probably would have been targets for recruiting by the CFL like this there, year. There were some guy, was guys who would have been on CFL negotiations. Yeah, absolutely, there are absolutely there, are. and they they've all every team has lost players in that way. But there's not going to be the only there's only a few CFL ex CFL players, and they were guys that were out of work here. Like Trent Richardson and like, that. let's say a couple years down the road, if this league survives and can stay entrenched, people will instead of saying, "Oh, I'm going to go try my luck in the CFL," they won't do that. Yep. And instead, yeah. a, a, someone who may have done well in the CFL goes to the AF instead. We'll have to see how it goes right away here, Christian, because the one thing that could happen is if um, Alliance of American Football League starts signing players mid-season, right? There could be free CFL free agents as of today who conceivably could be signed. Now that's something that would be different because otherwise a CFL player would have to basically sit out from now until next February in order to play in the Alliance of American Football. I don't think many guys are going to want to do that. Long time to go between paychecks. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, what's the number I heard the other day? There's 16,000 players come out of U.S. colleges every year, football players. <laughs> so my argument on this has always been— My bigger concern is that there's only a, a few hundred coming out of U.S. Canadian colleges. Yeah. My, <laughs> my position on this whole thing has always been, and I know rival leagues create competition and make it harder to get players. There's no, no doubt about that. To suggest otherwise would be ridiculous. But the difference in the quality of play— between the 20 guys the Bombers cut from their training camp last year and the ones who made it, the difference in talent is not that big. It's quite small, as a matter of fact. And so if you lost a Santos Knox and had a player of a slightly lesser caliber, as a fan, would you notice the difference? Like, would as long as you still had the, the Rileys and the Bo Levi's and, you know, some of the really good players that you're paying big money to, would the fans really notice a difference in the quality of play? I say they wouldn't. So to me, the, the concern over these other leagues sometimes is, I think, blown out of proportion. More like but perception, it does, isn't it? It's, yeah, that's right. But it does increase competition. It makes it harder for Danny McManus and, and the Bomber uh, scouts and GMs to bring guys in like Santos Knox yeah. to find guys. like It's harder. It, it makes it more challenging. But you'll always find good, talented American players, because there's lots of them. There's not enough leagues for all of them to play in. Final thoughts on what we've seen in this first three hours, Bob Irving? Well, it's uh, what we expected to a large degree with Mike Riley going to BC, the Lions very active. Uh, Sook Chung, one of the players they've added, the Bombers lost Chung and Santos Knox to Edmonton, and Edmonton did a great job, I think, of counterpunching when they lost Riley. Obviously knew they were going to lose him and had a deal with Trevor Harris done before today. I think it's fairly... Fair to say that. And then they brought Greg Ellingson to Edmonton from Ottawa with Trevor Harris. So good for Edmonton. They they bounced back very quickly from losing Mike Riley. Uh, I don't think Harris is as good as Riley, but he's pretty good. You know, he's a guy you can win with. Uh, and it's been pretty quiet with the Bombers. They re-signed Brandon Alexander, but uh, they were in on the Ellingson uh, race. But uh, Harris was the key there. He was going with Harris to Edmonton. Uh, they went after Brian Burnham, or we're going to go after Brian Burnham a little bit. Uh, but BC re-signed him yesterday. I know they have an interest in Willie Jefferson. Nothing new to report there. And we're all waiting, Ted and Jeff, for Bo Levi, who says he'll make his decision today and he'll either be staying in Calgary or go to Sask or Toronto. I think it's a disappointing start for the Bombers in this situation because they lost good players in Santos Knox and Suk Chung, and they haven't really brought in anything to improve the positions. There's still lots of time to do that, but... Again, there's the, the big names only stay on the board so long, and and I feel like they could really use a good splash, especially at the receiver position. And you mentioned Darrell Walker, that would be a pretty important signing for them. But you know, sometimes you have to wait and see how this all shakes out with the yep. with the money uh, that's being thrown around. Well, if you're if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And at least four teams in this league were, did not get better today, and it's Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg is one of them. And Ottawa got worse. Ottawa got considerably worse. Come on, way and, worse. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Ottawa got considerably worse. And I don't know that Saskatchewan has done much other than the signing of William Powell. That's to, about it. Yeah. To, to get better. So, yeah. you know, BC right now and Calgary is going to look very different this year, even if Bo Levi signs there again. Balance of power. Uh, the balance of power has shifted. Edmonton Seems and BC, like the big the big winners on paper today. Now, Stan, Peters, else, right? Stan Peters will have to rely on their recruiting prowess, which yeah. has been. As good as anybody, better than better most. Better than anybody. Yeah. They can figure it out even if they don't get Bo Levi, right? 
Well, I don't know if that. I mean, it's that's a, big, a big, big, big blow. That's a, a blow that will be. Bridge, we have to cross when we get there. <laughs> Brandon that's Bridge? a blow that'll be Brandon Bridge? hard to overcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I right. can think of four teams in the West that'll be uh, breaking out the the celebrations tonight if Bo Levi winds up in Toronto <laughs> <laughs> or the oh, NFL. Well, better yet, them, right? Yeah. Right. Are, the, the Bombers' defense is already looking at what they have to contend with in the West. It's uh, a stacked West already, and it's getting yep. more stacked. And the one thing that could happen is Bo Levi leaves. That's the one thing. To Toronto, he could go to Saskatchewan, and then nothing changes for Winnipeg. But I would, and let me say this for Bomber fans. Parting shot from Bob Irving. Well, no, but the Bombers were the most settled team right. going into free sure. agency. Which means they had a lot of money tied up, too. Yeah, with the most probably assets you could count on going into free agency. So while they haven't done a lot yet— uh, they were in pretty good shape going in, so Bomber fans, you know, don't don't get too worked up yet. All right, yeah, they felt like they had a team that could yeah. contend. Yeah, already. Yeah, there we go. Bob Irving, Ted Wyman, Jeff Courier. We had Doug Brown in earlier. We had Russ Hobson in earlier. We had Greg Mackling in earlier. We had a lot of pizza today. Kyle Milroy behind the board. Kim Lawson <laughs> Santa running Lucia things. Pizza, Santa Lucia, not just any pizza, <laughs> the best pizza. So we appreciate you joining us here on Facebook Live on CGOB. Christian Mel signing off. Tune in to CGOB Sports Show tonight at 7 o'clock and throughout the afternoon, continuing coverage of free agency on CJOB.